a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living. That is exactly what makes them extra, and I am excited for you to meet them. Now, today's guest uh, is a lot like uh, a, a lot of the other guests that we've had uh, that we've been blessed to have on the show. He is a husband, uh, a great husband, uh, and as a football player, you've all heard me use this uh, uh, metaphor adage that, uh, but he'll 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 appreciate it even more. Uh, as a football player, he knows that he has way outkicked his coverage as a husband, way outkicked his coverage. Uh, he is a dad of four uh, beautiful and darn near full-grown kids. Uh, a couple of them, very very just impressively large, uh, uh, formidable young men. Uh, he's a brother uh, to two brothers and a sister. Uh, of whom he is, uh, they are, they're all just thick as thieves. Uh, he's a great, great friend at every stage of life. Uh, there are people, there are guys and gals uh, that could line the streets, uh, citing this guy as one of their best friends. Uh, he is a he is a struggling ice fisherman, uh, like some that we've had on this uh, podcast. He's a Johnny, uh, which we've had far too many Johnnies. Uh, on the show. And the other thing that he has in common is it took a while to actually get him on uh, the big show here. In fact, uh, uh, this is a little unique, but he was he was supposed to be on uh, last season. So this guy has a little bit even more procrastination skills than some of the other men. Uh, So it better be worth the wait. Uh, So all those things he has in common uh, with other guests that uh, have been on MANA, but, uh, but a very unique uh, not defining, but unique uh, aspect of today's guest uh, in my life, anyway, is is a miracle. Literally, a miracle. Uh, not a figure of speech. I'm prone to hyperbole, but I'm not using it here. Uh, a bona fide miracle that he experienced, and everyone close to him experienced uh, years ago. Um, now, I'm I'm not sure about the rest of you listening here, but you know, I've always been a little bit skeptical of uh, the whole miracle thing, uh, often relegating those, you know, the stories in the Bible about miracles to, well, they're probably metaphors, you know, they're probably just like symbolic of, of some kind of message. You know, maybe they didn't really happen. But our guest today uh, literally made me believe in miracles. And, uh, and further evidence of that is this. So I mentioned earlier that today's guest was supposed to be on the show last season. And I'm not, I don't keep saying that just to make him feel bad. In fact, I think I was probably the one that rescheduled it. But I, I mentioned it because on the original recording date, uh, and this is further proof of this whole miracle thing, on the re- original recording date uh, that I was supposed to be interviewing our guest, uh, that morning, as some of you know, I read this little book of daily devotionals called Jesus Calling. Uh, and that morning's reflection, I kid you not, the morning of the date of the original interview uh, contained this passage. Quote, I expect to see miracles, and you will. Miracles are not always visible to the naked eye, but those who live by faith can see them clearly. Ah, oh, I'm telling you, it was meant to be back then, it's meant to be today, and for all you cynics out there, put your believing hats on, 
for today's Man Up Man, Mr. Jeff Dieters. Hello, Jeffrey. Hello, Jeffrey. Thank you for the uh, very kind introduction. Well, thank you for being here. And we're, we're uh, you know, we had your brother uh, on season four, and uh, I'm glad, uh, you know, we, we had the patience and the persistence to trade up to uh, to the to the better brother here. So well, kinda... it was meant to be as on season season seven, correct? <laughs> season seven, all things if they all go planned, you'll be on season seven here. So now we're gonna make the listeners wait a little bit, even though I spent a lot of time in your intro about that whole miracle thing. We're gonna we're gonna it's kind of a deep tease. We're gonna make everybody wait for that little uh, 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 discussion and, and kind of reflection uh, and with your family and specifically your dad, uh, who played a big role uh, in that story, which we'll all get to that. But I want to kind of start uh, in a different place. I want to talk about the young Jeff Dieters, okay? In addition to our first names, we also share in common that we're the oldest siblings. So we were both the big brothers for our respective families. And I kind of want to talk, I want to start there. What, what kind of big brother... Uh, when you look back on the, in the day, what kind of big brother were you? Well, um, you know, I think my parents always said to the oldest is, hey, you need to set the example for the rest of your brothers and sister. And, uh, you know, sometimes I did that, and a lot of times I did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, my younger brother Johnny and I, you know, we, we butted heads a lot. And I was, you know, I'm three years older than Johnny, and the only way he could fight back was with his mouth, and, <laughs> and he was really he got, good at he it. He got good at it. Really good. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I fought with my fists, you know, because it was a lot easier for me to do that. So, you know, I think Johnny's bigger than I am now, or tougher than I am, so, you know, we don't really knock heads anymore. So, mm. But I, I do remember, you know, my parents saying, hey, you know, you're the oldest one. You need to set the example for for everybody else, mm-hmm. and um, so you, you try to live by that. Yeah. So who did you, as the oldest, then who did you go to? Like, who were did you have other guys in the neighborhood or other friends, or, you know, cousins maybe that were that served a little bit of a kind of a quasi big sibling role to you, or or were you did you feel like you were just like Daniel yeah. Boone out there? You yeah, know? not not really. I mean, yeah. I, I had buddies, you know, the same age. I, I in high school. You know, I did hang out with guys, you know, a year older, you know, me, class 84. I graduated Mm -hmm. 85 in high school. So um, a lot of my friends were, you know, older guys that, you know, we we hung out with. So I don't know if that helped or not, but uh, it's kind of on your own, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You're a big athlete, still are. I would would imagine that when you think of role models outside of your own dad, when you think of role models, uh, male role models. I would imagine coaches played a big role uh, in your upbringing. What, were there a lot of coaches or teachers or who were the other guys, older yeah. guys that that formed that kind of served that role? There, there were a lot of coaches. I mean, yeah. youth football coaches. Uh, you know, Gordy Engel from the foursome. He was a big influence <laughs> in in our lives as a football coach, yeah. and then moving up through the baseball. You now, high school baseball coach. We still quote those guys, you know, my, yeah. my high school buddy, we still quote, and you know, life lessons from those guys. And then growing up uh, or moving on to college football, you know, John Gillardy, you know, playing for yeah. him and, you know, huge role model in a, a lot of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of players lives. And uh, so, you know, you just try to take little lessons um, from those guys. And, you know, when you're coaching your kids and other kids, you just, you take those same lessons and you pass them on, mm-hmm. uh, to those, to those guys and yeah. you try to remember what they taught you. And it, it does translate, you know, generation after generation. 
Yeah, totally does. You know, you talked about how your folks and mine were this, a, a little bit of the same way, I think, you know, where there's that, and I think we all are with our oldest, you know, there's that, you know, set a good example and, and whether it's said out loud or just implicitly, you know, it, you know, you grew up in a very, as, as Steve mentioned in season four, you know, you guys, uh, you know, the Dieters family has, has a long, uh, great faith tradition. I mean, you very devout, um, you know, Catholics and, and, uh, I think you have an aunt who's a nun, uh, or great aunt who's a nun, something like that. Anyway, so, so surrounded by faith and everything as the oldest, given that sort of like setting an example, I mean, you are all, you're also the first, you know, you're just by nature of your birth order, you're the first to get confirmed, first to do this. I mean, did you feel like, was there a, an expectation or did you, did you feel like you processed the whole faith, um, dimension differently as the oldest or, or, or did you feel like everybody was going through it together? Yeah. You know, I didn't even think about it at the time. Yeah. You know, you just, you kind of do the, the, you know, uh, confirmation, first communion, confirmation, uh, getting married first, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, going off to college, getting married. Um, so you, you kind of experience that and it's, you know, it's, it's not easy being the first cause you know, Steve and John, they can see all your mistakes, right, <laughs> you know, right. and, and work on those, you know, they can look at me and say, I'm not going to do that, yeah. you know, or I am going to do that. So, um, I guess you're blazing some trail being the oldest one. And, uh, but you know, I've got great examples and my, my, my parents, of course, been married, you know, I don't know how long they've been married. How old am I? 55. <laughs> they say they've been married 56 years and yeah. we're still questioning that, but, <laughs> and, yeah. and then my parents, friends, you know, great examples. They've got great yeah. faithful friends that uh, have been friends with them for, you know, 50 plus years. So yeah. great examples growing up. You mentioned St. John's and I tease you about being a Johnny and we've had loads of Johnny's on, but, but, you know, first to go off to college, you end up at, at a great school, at a school that it does not, take faith it's not a it's not a ancillary component there at st john's and i know you played football what was what what else how concerted of a of a um of an effort from a faith perspective was st john's or was it was it just was it kind of one of the i mean none of us when we're 18 years old are like making super heavy decisions about faith but do you remember going at the time did that factor in to where you wanted to go to college um, sure it did. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in, you know, St. John's is, you know, you're, you're, you're going to college, so you're in, independent and yeah. what they provide is opportunities that you, you have to take a religion, religion class, you know, you have to do that, but you know, you don't have to go to church. You choose mm-hmm. to go to church. They, mm-hmm. They're not forcing you to do these things. Um, you know, we went to mass before games, maybe before we got on the bus for away games, we went to mass. We said a prayer before games. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, nobody forced you on a Sunday night after, you know, is after everybody's at the library at eight o'clock at night, everybody heads over to mass yeah. and nobody told you had to do that. Just people did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and you know, just being around guys that have the same values as you is, yeah. is very important. There. How much of it, maybe it's hard to analyze now in retrospect, but how much of it at the time, because maybe at the time, like you're saying, it was just kind of a matter of course, like everybody just does it. But do you think that did have any kind of an effect? Because you, I mean, your family, I mean, you, you guys are all such great still faith-filled families. And, and, you know, and, and I mean, do you think that at all made a, a deeper impression than you even th- maybe thought at the well, time? I think so. I mean, if, if you're surrounded by like-minded people in that environment, 
you're just going to emulate that yeah. at some point. And you look up to people and you make friends and, and, you know, you just want to be a part of the community that way. So, um, mm. it, um, it's, it's easier to do that than to not do it, you yeah. know, and, uh, and you feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a great adage. I, I steal most of the smart sounding things that I say, and I'm pretty sure this one came from Father Mike Schmitz when he talks about like, you know, you can gauge, you are basically a combination of the five people you spend the most time with. And so when you think of like your college experience <clears throat> and you're surrounded by, you know, whatever, 2000 of <laughs> those people. And if, if, if so many of them, so many of you are kind of, again, going through those stages together, you can't help but be kind of influenced you know, by that. Absolutely. Yeah. You have no choice. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we've warmed up enough now. We're going to get to the big, this is, this is all this, the, this was all like the appetizer now. So now we're going to get for our listeners and for me, because I, you know, we have not, and this is, this is very true. We have not really talked about this topic. And so this is a little bit of a, it wasn't meant to be a gotcha moment, but, but, but as I said in the introduction, Jeff, I, I, you literally, your story, uh, which we'll talk in brief here literally brought miracles like to life to me so tell us in your own words and you don't have to go into all the detail but it's such a remarkable story that touched so many people's lives tell us as far back as you want to go how that period in your life started kind of and then concluded and then and then we'll talk about kind of how it's shaped you since yeah i mean it, it actually that whole thing started not my whole thing but you know if you remember, you didn't even know Kelly back then, but she, my wife had an aneurysm like a year before that, a brain aneurysm. And she was pregnant with Teddy at the time. And so that's kind of, you know, not talking about me, but talking about her, that actually probably was a bigger miracle that yeah. they found that and was, were able to operate and, and save Teddy. And, um, and she came out with it, you know, great. She's, she's great. And, uh, you know, like a year later, I found out that I had cancer, you know, and, <laughs> So, you know, it was one of those things where I just wanted the doctor and, you know, it was for a regular checkup. And I, you know, he said, you know, at the very end, he goes, um, you know, anything else bugging you? I go, well, you know, you know, my kids were small at the time. And, you know, when I put my head below my waist, when I'm playing with them, you know, I kind of feel a, a rushing of blood, you know, mm-hmm. you know, a flush, flush feeling. So he said, let's just do a chest x-ray just to, you know, make sure nothing's going on there. And so we did that. And. Uh, I get a call that afternoon. He goes, yeah, a little fuzzy. Let's, um, we need to do another one. Uh, so I said, all right, well, you know, come on in tomorrow. So I went in, the, uh, you know, on a Friday, of course. Mm-hmm. And it was a completely different test. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, one of those stand-up chest x-rays. It yeah. was, you know, they're going to put an IV in you. I'm like, at that, you know, so immediately, is that when you started freaking out, or like, well, or, or, well that's when I knew that yeah. something was up. Yeah, you know, and then I get a call that afternoon on a Friday saying, "Hey, there's there's a mass in your chest." So you know, that's that's when it started. Yeah, yeah. So, um, how long of a how long of a journey was it? I mean, it was it was it measured in? I mean, it was measured in at least months, right? I mean, yeah, or, or, it I was. Mean, um, so that was. Uh, you know, kind of like early fall, I believe, mm. and then they 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 thought it was they, they did they did a um, some surgery on it to see what it was and got out you know a sample of it mm. and basically mis- misdiagnosed it and mm. thought it was something else mm-hmm. and then you know kept growing and and uh, then I had to get on the chemo for 
three months. And, mm. and it, luckily it was one of those cancers where if you're going to get one, that's a pretty good one to get. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and you know, gone. So I, you know, I, I go in once a year to, for my physical and, and we talk about it and, but we don't test for it any longer. So, yeah. 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 So, so how, how was your, I mean, and like I said earlier, you grew up in, with such strong faith. You have yeah. such strong faith now. Do you remember what was the, what was the faith kind of muscle back then? Did you lean on it even more or was it, it just, it was always there anyway. So it didn't need to be. It was there, but you know, and you know, when stuff like this happens, you definitely lean on it hard. Yeah. And, um, you, you forget about all the little things in life that are meaningless. Right. I mean, all the little things that, you know, that stress you out are totally meaningless. So it comes back to your family and, and your faith. Yeah. are, you know, you know, the, the most important part. And, um, and it's a lesson that, you know, you learn for a while and then you kind of forget about it. And then, you know, <laughs> right. and then I need to be, you know, kicked in the butt every, every once in a while to say, Hey, you know, all this little stuff that you're worried about, it, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And that was, you know, that it's a really good lesson for me. Um, because there's, you know, you know, your health and, you know, that's the most important there. So, yeah. and then, you know, the kids were so small, they, they don't really, you know, the, the girls were a little older, so they remember, you know, um, they remember, you know, the bald head and stuff, but yeah. the boys were pretty small and, you know, Teddy was, I think one, so yeah. he doesn't remember anything. Yeah. How do you, I was going to ask about that because, you know, it, it was such a, I mean, both your episode and then Kelly's that preceded it. I mean, that there was a, yeah, that time period where you had, I mean, it was kind of Job-ish where all of a sudden you're just like, my gosh, like what, what next? How, as parents, how have you, if at all, how have you surfaced that to the kids just so they're aware? Cause obviously they don't remember it, but has, has, has it become part of the Dieter's kind of, you know, narrative or does it just kind of come up you know, if it comes up, it comes up, but it's, it hasn't ever really necessarily been on. You know, it does It does come up. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm one of those guys that I've, I had a melanoma as well, like well before this. Mm. And it comes up, you know, it comes up when, the, you know, the, the kids are going out on the boat, you know, and hey, sunscreen, we got we got cancer in the family. Yeah. And we got a lot of cancer in the family. So yeah. let's be careful. And then, you know, you look at old pictures during that time frame and or videos we've got you know the, the baby videos that we have and and you know there's a comes a time when you know you know you can tell i'm sick yeah you know right. and you know you, you tear up pretty quick because you remember those times and you're like you know how awful that would have been if it turned oh. out any anywhere different so totally. um so yeah it, it it comes up and you know especially now with you know with the girls getting older and you know um looking at their genetics and you know seeing what their risks are and and you know the the, the boys will just have to be careful for the rest of their lives because yeah. they, they have a higher risk i'm sure when you see those pictures and and let yourself go to that what if i'm sure your 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 fear and your tears aren't nece- not they're not for you like oh i would have missed it it's it's more you're thinking about kelly and if kelly would have been alone you know and 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 on her own to do that right. she is such a uh, force of faith and just a champion <laughs> for Jesus. I just love her so much. How has that? How has that grown? As you know, you mentioned you're the first to get married. Yeah. Like, did you have any idea, like when when you guys got married, that she would be such a great? 
partner for you in that regard and into your whole family just to bring that in you know you know she's you know you, you know she's the incredible person when you when you get married and before you get married mm-hmm. and um you know she's very strong her mm-hmm. faith is extremely strong and uh, she's she's been a rock for us through thick and thin through you know health and sickness and yeah. and and um you know the positivity she has and just um reminding me to just you know put my faith in god and everything's gonna work out fine yeah, yeah. it sounds simple but there's just so much there's so much power in that so much power and uh, so that's great all right well hey we are uh, we are already at the fun segment of the show all right uh where we ask the same three questions of every uh, guest, and not only do we compare answers across all of our guests, but you know, you're. I think you might be the only. No, my my own brothers have been on, so we have had siblings on, but now we've got a little bit of a. You, you just not. I know you're a very competitive person, <laughs> which I love, and, unless we're playing against each other. And so now, just know that you've got you've got your brothers' answers to kind of put up against these. So we'll do a poll. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Exactly. We will. We will. That'll be good. All right. So fun. Second question number one: If Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow morning and just wanted to hang out for the whole day, what are you going to do with Jesus? Uh, first thing I would do is um, probably ask for forgiveness for all my sins on the spot. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> uh, and then I, I actually thank him for everything he's done for my family and uh, and, and myself. And then at, at, then I would invite everybody I knew to come over <laughs> to witness yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Now that you got the pool heater fixed. Now that know, the pool heater is fixed, yep. <laughs> he, Jesus would probably fix that. He could probably he, fix yeah. that. He probably could have saved you a couple bucks on that. That's good. All right, fun stuff. Question number two. Uh, if you could go to church with any other guy, living or dead, uh, who are you going to church with? Well, I thought about this question for a little bit. and I have Two, two people. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, first of all, the late Father Arnold. Mm-hmm. I would have him say the Mass. Oh, nice. Because, you know, as you know, he's one of a kind. And then uh, after Mass, I would have my old football coach, John Gallardi, break down the film session of his Mass. (laughs) (laughs) And point out, you know, all the things he might be able to improve on, you Uh know. And there'd be things. You know, we'd beat a team 63-0 and, you know, a guy walks out of film session crying because he missed a block, (laughs) you know. So there'd be something that, you know, to consider there. The second homily just was was a little too long. Tighten that up. Exactly. Uh, Those are good. Those are two great men to to go to mass with. All right. Great. Last question. Uh, If you could give one, just one piece of advice to one, uh, to another, uh, a younger man uh, about just living a, a, a confident, humble, holy life, what would that one piece of advice be? I would say um, be, a, be an optimist mm. instead of a pessimist. I think optimists uh, give yourself energy and give others energy where pessimists suck it out of you and suck it out of everybody else. So mm. if that's that's what I would my advice. I like it. I like it. Good advice for all of us. All right. Well, Jeff Dieters, I will say, uh, original season six guest and now season seven guest, uh, definitely worth the wait. And, uh, you know, maybe back for season eight, maybe we'll have, maybe you'll be our first repeat guest. In fact, wouldn't that be ironic? Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, 
send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.